Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. What's goody? Uh, it has been a couple days of reflection because, Fran, let me tell you something, man. Me and Sierra went on Friday to see A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. the new uh, John Krasinski, a.k.a. Jim from the Office movie. Okay. And it was amazing. It was. It was First of all, there's about a page of dialogue in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So they they probably talk for a total of about two minutes in the whole movie. Most of it's sign language and stuff. They have to be quiet because there's a monster that attacks you if you make a sound. Is this in theaters? Yeah. Hmm. And we went to the theaters. It wasn't packed because we went to like a pretty shitty movie theater. Cause, um, Which was like Movies 10 or something? We went to the one in Hunt Valley near oh. Sierra's job where we scammed those two girls into a movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I yeah, uh, me and Fran went on a double date, and I had a got a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card for Christmas, oh, and we God. told the girls like, "Well, hey, look, uh, we'll get the movie tickets <laughs> if you guys get the food." Forget all of no, no, no. I'm sorry. We I had a free movie theater ticket, yeah, a movie theater a gift, gift card, card yeah. and then we said we'll get the movie tickets if you guys get the food. Yeah. So we went to the food. We ate lavishly because we were like, well, you know, we're going to reciprocate because we get it. The, the, the movie theater was, this card was super exclusive. If you ever get somebody a movie theater card, this is the card to get. You get them a card that's not, don't get them a Fandango card. Get them a, a theater card for the whole theater so mm-hmm. we could get concessions and everything. It wasn't just the tickets. Right. So if you get somebody a movie theater card, don't just get them a Fandango card. Get them a card to the whole theater because then you can really show out. So we went to the we went to the restaurant, ate lavishly because we were like, well, yeah, you Where know, go Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah, yeah okay. as lavishly as you right. could eat a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. I definitely got like a twelve piece. I got the basket of fries, not yeah. just a little little bit little carton of fries. Got a basket of fries. Might have gotten a dessert. Definitely got the uh, what's that Razzleberry, uh, like the special berry juice lemonade. Tea. Oh, okay. Got special berry lemonade, not just regular tea. Got like it's like something I can't remember what it's called right now. Like razzleberry, is it slushy or something. No, that, it comes oh, in like the Beyonce just... glass. The glass oh, has curves. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and huckleberry. Okay. Got huckleberry. Okay, got the huckleberry yep. lemonade. Yeah. And uh, we were like, yeah, you know, but we'll pay for the movie. Go to the movie. You know, friend hit him with the distraction tip while I go to get the tickets. Got the tickets <laughs> on the slide. Slid the guy the card face down with my palm over it. Slid him the card like it could be a Visa card. 
He swipes the card, approved. We get the tickets, popcorn, large popcorn, all that. It was like, yeah, you know, it's nothing. You know, y- y'all looked out for us, so we look out for you. Got free movie, got a, a free dinner and a free movie. Uh, it was quite a night. But anyway, we went to that. <laughs> we went, me and Sierra went to that movie theater to see a quiet place. It's not the best movie theater, but it's never packed. So mm-hmm. if you ever want to, like, I'll probably go see Infinity War there. Like, nobody goes there because it's super whack. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we go see a quiet place. It's still like maybe 25 people in there. Mm-hmm. It was dead silent for the entire movie. Because the movie draws you in. It's like the movie's so quiet that you're scared to make noise. Mm. I was eating my, I got little mini churros. I was eating my mini churros quietly. <laughs> I didn't want to be, for me to be attacked. Right. That's the kind of on edge of your seat uh, pace that this movie sets. And it was, it was, it was scary, but it wasn't, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Like calling it a horror movie is like doing it a disservice because mm. it, it was so much more than that. And I had a great time. And me and Sierra have been talking about it all weekend. We went and got sushi. Yeah, you yeah you definitely got to go see it. Take oh, Stephanie, and 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 just did just, it just come out or yeah it just came out on Friday. Oh okay. And the it's John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are the two stars of the movie, and they're actually married in real life. Oh okay. So it's kind of cool to see their, you know, their energy with each other mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Also, they you know I think if it, for anybody who's seen this movie, I think that it's John Krasinski established in this movie that he is of the percentage of the country of people who think that Rose from the Titanic movie is kind of a bitch, Mm -hmm. and both of them could have fit on that door. Because (laughs) anybody who's seen the movie will know the scene I'm talking about. In the corn uh, barrel thing, there's a door involved, and two people can fit on that door. And I felt like John Krasinski was like, see, two people can fit on a door, Rose, (laughs) is is what I got from that. Uh, So there's a couple nods that I think... Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think mm-hmm. John Krasinski was doing some stuff because he also directed the movie. He oh, he shit. did a lot he of shit, man. He went from being you know iconic of one of my favorite shows and kind of you know went away, did a couple of things. And then I think this is like this is a Jordan Peele level directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is his first movie that he's directed, but this is definitely the biggest one to mm-hmm. date. And it was like out of the gates, as far as I know, it's the only directed by John Krasinski movie I've seen. I'm like, give take. This is Oscar worthy. I'm not saying it could win, mm-hmm. but it's like it's a nominee for sure. Right. So it, I think it's Jordan Peele level uh, breakout directorial debut. Hmm. And I'm very proud of John Krasinski because The Office is my favorite show. And I think Jim Halpert is an iconic TV character. And he in this movie it's what is hard to do is not see that person anymore. Like, I don't think you'll see. Dwight Schrute. I can't see Dwight Schrute in like starring in a movie and me not be like, oh, like that's not Dwight Schrute from The Office. Right. You know, the same thing with that guy from Big Bang Theory. They're just kind of those people now. They make hella from money sh- from that show. You mean that character? You yeah, mean. you okay. can't even if they, they got a gun, right. they're blowing shit up. Right. You just it's like they're that person. Right. And in this movie, he completely like destroyed that. He was like, I'm not John, I'm not Jim Halpert. Mm. I'm I'm this guy in this movie, and I'm badass and. I'm a father. And what is it a, called again? Quiet what? A Quiet Place. A Quiet, okay. It was very good. I enjoyed it very much. Hmm. Um, what did you do this weekend, though? Um, this weekend I worked Saturday. Okay. And then yesterday we took Sophie out to the jumping uh, trampoline Yeah, you were telling me about this. I haven't been to a place like this. Yeah. What's the entry on this? Is it like a, uh, how much is it to go it was to like, a place like I don't this? know how much it was per person. I can't remember. It was like five of us, though, because took, Steph took her little brother. Stuff, okay. It's... um. It's like you pay for like you pay for your time, so it's like an hour. Okay, or like, like bowling or something. Yeah, so okay. it's like it doesn't get crowded because they be like you get a certain color of wristband, wristband. So uh-huh. it's like 
red, your time's up, and then so it like rotates. So it's rotates like rotates. pretty so good. It's, so it's never like crowded. Okay, it's cool. Crowded. It, so, but I had I had a ball. You thought I was a kid in there. Yeah. So I was gonna ask that. Like, yeah. is it? Did you have a ball despite it being a place for kids? It or was for me all and, ages. You, me and all the homies. It's for all. We age. all go and just we can all, together. We can all go. It's for all ages. Me and the, you it was me grown, and the squad. It was grown just, people. I mean, it was people that's like forty in there. With no kids. No kids. Just jumping over. People went on dates. Oh, it was dates. It was crazy. They okay. got they got a um. A little pit where you, it's like some gladiator type shit. It's like you get the little bag and then you Ooh, fight. Oh, you can battle? Yeah. Like the big Q-tips? Yeah, like that. Ooh, yep. They got okay. that. They got a basketball hoop. They got dodgeball. It's, it's, it's oh, crazy. Oh, really? Oh, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's amazing. All right. Well, but, I might have to check this place yeah, out. So I, was, I, I've heard of play, people going to places like this, but I've never been to one because I was like, I don't have kids. I'm, I mean, yeah, I it's, it's for around. all ages. It was fun. Okay. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah. Well, I mean, even though our news that we came into this shit with uh, is, has been, you know, pretty positive news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to, you know, this is going to be our second week of our new uh, our new segment that we have, Good Vibes of the Week. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a story? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Good good to know. You, um, I thought you might have, you know, forgot because I, no. I, I, I came up with mine last minute. Okay, well, cool. Well, then let's jump into this Good Vibes of the Week. All right, that was a little bit of Beach Boys for you guys. Um, I, I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I um, couldn't. I was. I wanted to do uh, "Pass the Vibes" mm-hmm. by It's a Chance to Rapper off a of Surf. Mm-hmm. It is a fun song, but it every per- person that I played it for was like, "Are he, are they saying pass the fights?" Oh. So I was like, "No, if it can't be understood, fuck it." So I, I just picked something that was more direct, and I was right. like, "Oh, that's good energy. I like that one." Mm-hmm. So I went with that one. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so. Uh, friend, did you find a you know some good vibes last week? You you, you it was almost like uh you, sw- you you flipped it on me because it was started off with your person was a shot person yeah so but it ended up catching good. you came yeah. back around on it and it ended yeah. up being very positive <laughs> but it caught me off guard when we first started <laughs> so let let let's see what you got this week okay I got um my good vibe story uh for this week is seven year old Madden Humphreys Madden yeah his name is Madden Humphreys like the game yeah Madden okay cool uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he was born with a cleft a cleft lip. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so he has heterochromia iridum, like it's, heterochromia, like the eye. Yeah, that's what the two is. eyes. Yeah, yeah thank cool. You. Okay, cool. A yeah. rare condition that means that both of his iris was it Aries, irises, irises. Yeah, David are different Boy colors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So since so only about one percent of the population is diagnosed with this condition. Yeah, man's eyes. My eyes and lip makes him a an except exceptional unique boy. Yeah. So Madden um was often bullied by other kids in school. Um so he had a video he put out on YouTube about him being bullied. Really? And it went it went viral over really? the internet. Yeah. This isn't the kid no, that kid didn't have I thought you were thinking I was thinking of that kid and then everybody was like, Is his mom racist? That kid that's like why should everybody always got to be mean to people all the time? People put baloney down my pants. No. No? I don't know that okay. video. <laughs> I can't remember his name. But, yeah, uh, I don't know that. He I didn't see. have heterochromia. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, the, it, made, it made headlines on the internet for an anti, anti-bullying video. Yeah. So the video was, um, don't be mean to, this is a quote, don't be mean to other people that are different. Yes. We've, all, we've already been through a lot of hard stuff. Show everybody kindness. Yeah. You're missing out. On a lot of awesome people, if you're being a poop head to them, he said this. Yeah, 
Don't be a poop oh, head. Cool. He's seven? Yeah, he's seven. That's very profound. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't be a poop head because yeah. the most unlovable people need love the most. Well said, Madden. Yeah, so um, that video went viral, and then someone put up a picture of a rescue cat on Facebook with a cleft lip. Wow. And Nuh-uh. it had the same eye condition as Nuh-uh. Madden. Yep, so they... um. Went and adopted a cat. Uh-huh. And the cat name is Moon. Okay. And they became best friends. And I'm going to post this on the Facebook page. Like, it's his cat now? It's his cat now. Oh. And this is the photo. It's the photo. Oh, yeah, man. man. Wow. Yeah. That is adorable. Yep, is it? Yep. They I got the same, the same. Like, the left eye is blue. And the right eye. Yep. Wow. It's crazy. Shout out to Madden and Moon. Yep. That is very so, sweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got to post I, that I, up. I like that. I like Dang, that. I didn't see that. That was, that that was my story. I didn't see that video. Or... Me either. I haven't seen it either. Wow. Yeah, so. Big shout out to Madden and Moon. Like, I was like, wow. That's, that that's crazy. Big, yeah, that, make sure you send me that. That, yep, that put a I big smile you. on my face. That was that was very sweet. So that was Madden Humphreys. That was very sweet. Okay, so my my uh, good vibes of the week actually came out of some bad vibes from how I came across the story. It's the story of Michael Brown, this kid that got into, he got into 20 schools, full ride. He got accepted into 20 colleges, full ride scholarship. But the way I, I heard thought she was about to say he got into 20 school fights. I'm like, no, Jesus. I, that guy should be He's like Kimbo <laughs> Slice. Um, no, uh, the way I heard about it, though, was a D.C. news station mm-hmm. uh, brought up the story on their, like, you know, the panel of people like, hey, this week. And, the, and they brought it up and they the, it was three women and they were like, OK, but this raises the question some people would be talking about. And, and I didn't hear anybody talking about this mm-hmm. when I went to go look. And they were like, this raises the question is, is uh, applying to 20 schools a little obnoxious? Hmm? Yeah. They were like, you know, if you look anywhere, most studies will say you should, you know, the most schools you should apply to is eight. Who? It's like, what? fuck that. I can apply to as many schools as I right. want to apply to. Maybe I, I'm confident, but I'm not that confident. What if I don't get into this school? What if I don't get into that Options. school? Options. And also... Some schools might be offering you full rides. Some schools might be offering you partial scholarships. So you don't know that kid, what what he based his decision off of for 20 schools. Maybe 10 of them were partial scholarships mm-hmm. and 10 of them were full ride scholarships. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But all we know is he got into all 20 of the schools. And I think that's awesome. Right. And this kid's from Houston. This kid's from Houston. They just got flooded last year. Mm-hmm. He is not from the most, you know, economically diverse neighborhood. You mm-hmm. know, he's pretty uh, a kind of kind of a poor kid. Is it an academic scholarship? No, I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I don't think so. Um, so he got a full ride scholarship to twenty schools. He can go to whatever school of his choice, including right. like Yale, Harvard, Whoa. all of the Ivy Leagues. He got into all of the Ivy League schools, and and sixteen, seventeen, however many Ivy Leagues there are, plus fifteen other schools. So I wanted to give a big shout out to Michael Brown yeah. from Houston, Texas, who I would assume was in Houston when they got flooded mm-hmm. and has survived and has survived that and also was able to maintain his GPA and get all the things done. And you know something? Was this heavily researched by me? No. Maybe it is an academic scholarship. But either way. I would assume Yale. Yeah. Yale. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? It's academic and academic. It's, you got sports. sports. Scholarship. Okay, yeah, yes, aca- I meant. yeah. I'm okay. pretty sure it's an academic okay. scholarship and not a sports scholarship. Right. I would assume it's academic, but even if it's a sports scholarship, he still, still. has, has yeah. you know, worked his ass off. Right. And Twenty schools are, are want this kid to go to their school for right. you know for free. So I don't think that nothing about this story should be scrutinized. No, he applied to twenty schools. So the fuck what? You know. So shame on those reporters, specifically one. I don't remember her name, but mm-hmm. in D.C. to even You're lucky. To even 
to even pose that question in that way. Like, is proposing the twenty is uh applying to twenty schools a little obnoxious? I don't it's see like, how that's a big deal. This is on the news. This is on the news. They need but more the shit to talk about. The news isn't really news these They need to find more shit. What what the woman said was, if he would applied to five schools, we would have still did the story. If he would have applied to ten schools, yeah, we they don't have anything. No, you wouldn't have. People apply to five schools every day and get into five schools. Right. The fact that it's 20 is what made people go like, what? He got 20 full rides? Is he black? Yeah, he's black. Bingo. Yeah, he got 20 full rides. It's like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have reported on this, sco- on this story if it was five mm-hmm. or if even if it was 10. It was the fact that it was 20 is why it's got everybody's attention and why you found it necessary to ask, is applying to 20 schools obnoxious? But this is good vibes. So I- I'm not going to even continue to talk about how I found the story. The point is, this kid, Michael Brown, is from Houston, Texas. He survived a flood, I'm assuming, because they got flooded real bad. It, it, it was, and there's still, the thing about floods is once this floods, now the water's gone, but now everything starts to mold, mm-hmm. and it, floods are nasty, man, mm-hmm. and it's hard to recover from, and this kid was still able to go to school, maintain his GPA, put, have money, because you know, applications cost money. So he was able oh, to, to, you know, to fill out, to send, to send to, college, to schools. So I yeah, I mean, me either, but you know, <laughs> it's not for everybody. Um, if we weren't, if we would have went to college, maybe we wouldn't be doing the hottest true crime podcast in the streets right now. Well. Um, uh, but yeah, so either there's a sense of community around him or something that mm-hmm. was able to pull together and, and help him send out these 20 applications. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that he put sent out what they're implying is he sent out 20 applications like to flex, but you got to pay money to, you got to pay money to send each one out. So I don't think he went, did this thinking like, Oh, this is going to go viral when I get in all 20 of these schools. Mm-hmm. You have to be a certain kind of obnoxious to assume you're going to get in all 20. So I think everything just kind of worked out for this kid and it became a beautiful story. And I'm very proud of Michael Brown is a percentage of that because he's a black kid from Houston, Texas. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Sue me. Uh, but this is my good vibe story of the week. I thought it was super cool that Mike Brown uh, did this. And also I tied it to the, you know, the fact that, you know, that kid Mike Brown in St. Louis was shot and killed. So the, you know, I think it played into the whole how I live my life is that, you know, I don't like when people assume that black people are monolithic. Like, all black people are not the same. Mm-hmm. So this Mike Brown was, you know, you know, unjustly, or, you know, I don't, you know, some people argue about the, you know, the story of how it went, but this kid was gunned down by police in the streets. And this Michael Brown in Houston, Texas, same exact name, kind of, you know, when you hear Mike Brown, that's the first thing that some people think of is that kid in St. Louis. But this Michael Brown, I want to put praise on him because he has got accepted full rise to 20 schools, whatever school of his choice. Mm-hmm. He did all the right things and he made it to, he made it, he made it to 18. He's not gunned down. You know, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope nothing bad ever happens to this kid. And I hope he goes to school and rocks it out and cures cancer or builds a rocket ship or mm-hmm. whatever someday. So big shout outs to Michael Brown from Houston, Texas for representing the culture, getting accepted into 20 schools. And I just think that's super dope. And you know, that was my good vibe story of the week. Good. But um, I I love that photo of the cat yeah, and the kid. That was that awesome. was that was an adorable that was an adorable photo. Yep. Um, but we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna tell you some fucked up shit. I want to send us off on hmm. fart noises. Fart noises? Yeah, you said it. All right, um, Fran, Fran <laughs> thinks that th- that's gonna give you guys some good vibes. So we're gonna send you guys off on some fart noises, and when we come back, we're gonna tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. You know what? That's how it Last night I had beans. Just about to pass out. I've been eating Brussels sprouts. My mom goes. All 
All right, folks, and we are back. Uh, Fran, I went last last week, so that means this week I will go first, and now you will go last this week. Cool? Yeah, it worked. All right, cool. So um, for this week, uh, my story, my affirmative murder for this week is the story of China's Jack the Ripper, Gao okay. Cheng Yang. Okay. okay. Oh, wait, let me get my snacks. Okay, yeah. What are those, Swiss rolls? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes, that is not static. That is the paper from France, Swiss yes. rolls. Okay, go ahead. You all right. set? Yes. All right, cool. You need some milk? Uh, no, I got my Aquafina here. Okay, cool. Um, Gao Zheng Yang, Gao Cheng, Gao Zheng Yang grew up in King Chang, a town 75 miles from Baiyan. There's a lot of these kind of things. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I don't know where that's at. Yeah, I mean, I we you. don't know. That doesn't matter, but <laughs> I'm just giving you the names so people know, but I might not be saying them right. Okay. Relatives in King Chang saw Gao... As a dutiful son who cared for his ailing father in the 1980s. As a what? A dutiful son. Like he, you know, his father was old and sick, so he took care of him, was bad. I've never heard that before. That's new to me. Yeah, dutiful. You know, okay. well, well, yeah, I'm learning something new every day. The more you know. Yeah. That was the rainbow from the more you know um, gif. Uh, yeah. After his father died, Gao moved to Baiyan and rarely visited his hometown, Zhang. Oh, no, his hometown. Zhang, Gao's wife, stated that Gao, who. Gao would occasionally leave her for days at a time. She now fears that those were the times when he committed his crimes. Mm-hmm. Gao's first murder occurred on May 26, 1988, the same year his first son was born. The victim was a 23-year-old Baiyan female who was in her home with 26 wounds in her body. Whoa. The youngest victim was an 8-year-old girl. Mm. A, police f- a police profile on the crimes indicated that the serial killer was male Age 33 to 40, who was attracted to young females dressed in red. Su Wu. Uh, <laughs> uh, the killer. Also, I want to just give a quick shout out to YG. Uh, I think he makes some of the most gangster rap music of our era. He is the new. Uh, well, he is the leader of the new West Coast as far as I'm concerned. His music. If you ever hear about uh, the co-host of the Hottest True Crime podcast in the streets being attacked by gang violence or murdered. It is because I was blasting uh, a YG song in a neighborhood that I shouldn't have been and also throwing up gang signs, even though I'm not affiliated with any kind of gang, nor have I ever been. But that's just what his music does to me. Anyway, But you have a blue shirt on now. Yeah, man. Look, it is an audio <laughs> medium. You don't need to call me out all the time, okay? Nobody knew that I was wearing a blue shirt. Also, it doesn't matter because, like I said, I'm not gang affiliated at all. Okay. And if anything, I'm safe. Gao Zheng Yang wouldn't kill me because I'm wearing blue and he likes red. And you're a male, so... And I'm not Chinese. There's a lot of reasons to poke holes in what I just said. You don't have to do them. Eat your Swiss roll. Um, yeah, so he would, attra- he would attack young females dressed in red. The killer would follow the women home, rape them, oh, slash their throats, and then mutilate their sexual organs. Mm. In one of the stories that I read, it said that he, some of the women, he would even cut them out. Organs, like stomach and stuff. Breasts, uh, pieces of Jeez. lower you know, sexual organs, you know, mutilate them in ways that are just gross. How does that, I don't even, whatever. Yeah. Um, he really hated women is, is what the, the theory is. But even then, you have to be like super sick for you to have the stomach to do stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, police found the sixth victim after the serial killer had cut off her breasts and ears. Mm. Um, I mean, you don't get a name like the Jack, the Ripper of China for, for nothing. Did he say why though? Why he did it? Why he just cut breasts off or like ears? He like, hated women. That's they say he hated women. He hated women enough so much that he 
wanted to take their feminine parts off. Like he didn't, he wanted them to make them not women in his eyes or whatever kind of psych. There's more psychology mm. to be done to it, but I'm sure it was something like that. Like I'm going to take off these things that represent your womanhood mm. to me. Um, even though there are women who have had breast cancer and have had their breasts removed, they're still women. So right. that doesn't having breasts doesn't make you a woman. But in his mind, that's what he. I don't know why he cut their ears off, but like I don't know why he just maybe he just also likes to fuck bodies up. You know, I don't know the psychology behind that part. That's I don't think women have more feminine ears than men. You know, I wouldn't be able to see a picture of ears and be like, oh, those are women's ears, mm-hmm. unless they had a bunch of earrings in them. But you know, even then, and it's gender is fluid, man. You know, so I, so no, ears are not gender specific, right? Um, yeah. Uh, clearly, China's Jack the Ripper was a sociopathic killer. It was the resemblance between the savage, de- the savage destruction of the Bayan victims' bodies and those of the women killed by London's infamous Jack the Ripper that led police to nickname their notorious ser- serial killer the Chinese Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Bayan police were at a loss as to who raped, killed, and mutilated the local women. They collected enough fingerprints and semen from the crime scenes to tie the 11 murders together, but they could not match the DNA evidence to anyone registered as living in Bayan. And that is exactly how Gao managed to stay free for 28 years. Gao had registered in King Chang, his hometown, but he never registered himself in Bayan. There was no immediate explanations as to why the killing stopped in 2002. Miscarriages of justice are not rare in China, where the use of uh, the use of force to extract confessions remains widespread. So basically, China, even though China, they'll bring you in and just fuck you up and make you confess to a crime, even with those tactics still being employed, employed in uh, in China, they still weren't able to solve this crime for 28 years, even though they had no problem like roughing a suspect up or forcing a false confession or anything like that. They st- this guy still remained. Free for 28 right. years. That's a long time. That's a very long time. That's a, that's a lifetime. Right. I, mean, that's, I mean, you know, some people don't make it to 28. In several high-profile cases in recent years, China has exonerated wrongfully accused or... Oh, sorry. has China has exonerated wrongfully executed or jailed convicts after others came forward to confess their crimes or in some cases because the supposed victim was later found alive. So China has executed people and then later found out that the person that they are being executed for killing is still alive or somebody comes forward and confesses that, no, I, I did that, mm-hmm. not them. And this in this example in China is the reason I'm not a I'm not a fan of the death penalty. It's so because, they was just killing people for no reason. Well, I mean, they would give them, you know, quote unquote justice right. and take them through the legal process. But the whole time the person would be like, I didn't do this. Right. That's what I mean. But but then they would. They would kill them. Yeah, some people were executed. Some people were jailed. That had, both of those things happen in America every day. Right. But you know, some you know, they weren't always executions. Sometimes people would do twenty years in jail, and then somebody would come forward and say it was me, not them. But sometimes, you know, exonerated. You like to think exonerated means this person got freed from jail, mm-hmm. and now the real person's in jail. But sometimes in China and also in America, exonerated just means that person who got executed, their name gets cleared. Wow. But they're still dead. Right. So. This is the just. This is a little glimpse of the justice system in China. Um, there aren't many countries I don't think that have figured it out, but America's definitely not one of them. I'd be pissed being in prison. Somebody be like, I did it after fifteen years. I'd be pissed if I was dead. 
<laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that though. Because <laughs> you can't be pissed if you did. So. You think the you think the justice system, if there's like a heaven and a hell, you think the justice system exists in hell too, where it's like you get sent to hell and you're like, no man, I didn't kill those people, and they're right. like, sure you didn't. Right. Flush you down to hell, and then you get exonerated. And you, you go back. You know, you get to you go to heaven. Get elevated now. back up. Yeah, you get to go to heaven now. <laughs> so that's good. Maybe they get exonerated Maybe. and they get to go to heaven. I will hope so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, okay, here we go. So I lost my place. Uh, in 2004, the authorities offered a $30,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the serial killer. Despite the generous offer, no leads ever materialized, and the case went cold. So nobody, nobody could figure out that who did this. And also, on top of everything, it's 2004, the case has already been cold, for like 20 years. Yeah. Because the guy. 88. 88. Yeah. So on top of all that, you know, people are dead, moved to different towns. Yeah. So you're asking people who are maybe even don't even remember this happening. Even if you're offering them money, I'm sure they got some people that were like, uh, yeah, uh, I was there the <laughs> night it happened. People it lying. was a woman, like just everything uh, that the profile said. It was a 20 year old boy and he used, uh, a gun. They're like, no, man. So how do they give him the money if 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 they found out it's true? They, yeah, if you okay, give a if you give a a, a a what do they call it a lead, a, a lead mm-hmm. or not a lead. It is if it leads to, but if you give, I don't know, let's call it information. Oh, okay. Well, let's well if you give information that leads to the arrest of the serial killer, mm-hmm. you are rewarded thirty thousand hmm. dollars. Um, sometimes I remember when I was a kid that show America's Most Wanted would come on and they'd be like yeah. this is Brian Sanchez that shit creep me out it, he has last been seen in something something Missouri mm-hmm. and he leads to this it comes with a reward of $250,000 I wanted to call so many times and just be <laughs> like uh, I saw him you know but I was a coward so I didn't and I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't actually ever see any of these people that were on there. I, I, I don't even think I'd call the police. I'd be terrified. I'd just keep that to myself forever. That's probably what some of those people was doing. Oh, for sure. I'm sure somebody like, knew something. I ain't like, see shit. I, didn't, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> I don't want... No. Okay. Nope. Because, you know, worst case scenario, the thing about all that is, like, even if you get the money, a lot of the times when you are the person that comes forward with, like, evidence, mm-hmm. they want you to testify. Fuck that. So you don't even get to remain anonymous. You <laughs> no. don't even get to be like, I'll just take my money. Here's the information. They need you to corroborate it on stand. So no, like, we need you to put on a suit and come testify in front of the guy. And then what if his lawyers, uh, you know, Johnny Cochran level, and get he gets off. off. Yep. And then you get you got to look over your shoulder for the rest Y'all of your life. Y'all gonna have to give me a million dollars. Yeah, that. thirty thousand dollars isn't that much money <laughs> when you th- when you get look got to look over your shoulder forever. Right, you got yeah. a serial killer Fuck chasing. That. You. Nah. that money dries up real quick. Uh. Yeah, so the case went cold in 2004. Evidence emerged early in 2016 that renewed interest in the unsolved serial murders. Police arrested Gao's uncle for a minor crime in Bayin, and they collected his DNA. The authorities noticed a close resemblance to the killer's DNA on file, and they determined these two men were related. So this happens sometimes in America. I think it's been happening a lot more lately, and that's what's been leading to exonerations in a lot of these trials, is that a cop will just go, fuck it, just run it. You know, just like... We got this guy. We arrested him. Just run his blood real quick. And it'll link to some case, a cold case from 20 years ago. That happens like a lot these days where it'll just be some cop who just had a feeling like this guy. What is he like 50? When did that child get killed in 94? That was like "Mm, this guy would have been like 30. Run his DNA. Let's see. What's the worst that could happen? I don't know if run the DNA is just like a boop. 
Like you just press a button <laughs> or if it's a whole process, if it takes days. But either way, people do it. They'll just like go run that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what run means. But if that just is like run his prints or something, if, if it's like putting it in a micro, I mean, I know what run means. I just mean like I, don't I know, know. I, I, I probably, you think it's like putting it in a microwave or do they got to like drip? I think drip, like ma- drip chemicals on glass, the blood, a little glass thing, and like spin around. Yeah, yeah. Or they put it under the thing and look. And yeah, you know. So I don't know if run is an easy <laughs> process know. or a long process, but either way, cops will do it and send it over to the DNA lab. For some reason, I think it's like it's their fingerprints on the paper and they like put it through a scan and then like. Sure, that sounds easy. Yeah, like match, you know, yeah. you know, or blood, or but blood or semen. Maybe they do put it under the little glass slides and examine. It and they're uh-huh. like, those squigglies look like these squigglies. <laughs> so, um, but either way, <laughs> either way, this this happens a lot, and it's good. It's good that these police get their these itches mm-hmm. and or these little you know inquiries, and they're like, you know what? We'll scratch their chin, like send that off to the lab. And these people probably are the same people that was that was interviewed, and then were like, uh, he didn't do it. Let him go. Uh, but no, but this guy was so inconspicuous. He mm. didn't even. That's why he was. He I'm talking about a long time ago, though. Oh, for sure. Maybe like, like, he... yeah, like more, like more relevant stories in America for right. sure. It was like, yeah, we thought it might have been this guy, but he On had a Ted solid Bundy, alibi. Ted Bundy shit. Yeah, he had a solid alibi, and he, we we just let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they arrested his uncle. They ran his DNA, and they figured that whoever killed whoever was the serial killer was is related to this guy. Mm. Um. Yeah, uh, da, da, da. that's crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, in March, in March, the police took DNA samples from the uncle's relatives. Wait, I'm sorry. That reminds me of um, what happened. That same thing happened to um, what's that one we did? <clears throat> I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it right now. Where they, it was, it was the Grim Sleeper. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was yep. the Grim Sleeper. That he was a serial, serial episode. His, his son's. Uh, his son. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was a, there was a serial. That was a serial and serial episode. Yeah. His son got arrested. They took his DNA. They said whoever's been killing yep. these girls in L.A. It's, it's close to this, mm. and they were like, "It's got to be his dad." And then they took his DNA out of a straw from a restaurant. Yep, that's like crazy. A, like a pizza place or something. <laughs> yeah, he was super party. mad. And he tried to <laughs> he tried to use that in court. Like, you can't just take people's trash. That's my personal property. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, in in March, the police took DNA samples from the uncle's relatives in Bayan. The DNA of Gao the of Gao Zhengyang was a perfect match to the evidence on file, mm. and the police wasted no time arresting him. Gotcha, bitch. He got away with it for so long because he was careful, but he couldn't get away with it forever. Inside a grocery store in northwest Chinese Providence, Gangsu, alongside his wife, the terror, in- the terror inflicted by the man known as China's Jack the Ripper finally came to an end in August of 2016. What? Yeah. Damn. He got he even when the case went cold, he still was I mean, this guy's old. Like he lived a <laughs> you it's like it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet cuz it's like you got him, but like he lived a full life, you know? Like it's like technically you got him, but this guy's like 70. I guess that's I still thought, What's the statute of limitations? What's that? I mean, it's China. You know, I don't know. Oh shit, like, okay. I'm different. thinking it I'm might thinking be different. Yep, they might have no bad. statute of limitations. Yeah, I'm thinking here. Um Yeah, so he was finally he his his all the fear came to an end when he was arrested in August of 2016. Wow. Police finally had their man, a married man, a father of two, a grocery store owner, a serial killer. Mm. There have been numerous Jack the Rippers around the world. Police caught some of the world's worst serial killers, but many of the most prolific serial killers lived their lives without ever facing justice. Fortunately, the advancements in forensic DNA analysis has made it much easier to find these sociopathic killers. And now, at least in Bayan, China, 
residents can sleep knowing their daughters and wives are much safer with the Chinese Jack the Ripper finally behind bars. Gao confessed to all 11 murders as well as multiple charges of rape, robbery, and mutilation of corpses. He was sentenced to death, he was sentenced to death for his crimes. And, de and death, sentences in death sentences in China are mostly carried out by lethal injection or firing squad. It's firing squad. Yes. And uh, that was Gao Chengyang, Chi the Chinese Jack the Ripper. I like that. Yeah. That kind of that had kind of has something to do with mine a little bit. The fact that <clears throat> he had the same name as somebody else. What? He has the name of another serial killer. He got the same nickname. His name's Gal. No, the nickname. Oh, they Jack gave the Ripper. Him. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm, I want to hear about that. Uh, well, I'm not. Never mind. No, what? I'm saying I'm not. I'm I'm not saying that my guy has the same name as you said. It has the same nickname. I got you. But not as your guy. That's not what I'm saying. Your guy's called Jack the Ripper, right? Oh, the guy that you're saying, he has a he nickname has a of another serial yeah, killer, but like go. of his country. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got yeah. you. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, that was my story. That was my affirmative murder this week. Uh, we're going to take... And that was in... That was in China. China. And um, what part? You don't know? By Yen. I don't know. I don't even know why Yeah, why do you want to know? you been? I know I could have said anything, and you would have been like, yeah, all right. Could have said Hong Kong. I'm like, I know yeah, what it, it was in Dumpling. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was in General So China. Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, you know, you know we're going to tell you some fucked up shit, so stay tuned. All right, and we are back. And remember, folks, if you are a new listener... Which you know, based on the numbers, we're doing numbers. The backflip, the numbers are doing backflips right now, as as of April. So I would assume that some of you are hearing us for the first time. You got to be some new listeners. If you haven't gone on to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and left us a review, it is not for our ego's sake. It is purely out of the algorithm that needs to be uh, a lot of reviews in order to make it to, you know, ratings charts on these things. I've seen some podcasts that, you know, I don't I don't like to judge podcasts in a negative way cuz we're all, you know, out here trying to do the same cool thing, but I've seen some podcasts that are dog shit <laughs> on those charts. I'm not going to say any names, but I've seen some some podcasts that are absolute dog shit on those charts. So, the only explanation is oops, got a burp. The only explanation is they're playing the game. And we want to play the game, too. So anybody out there, if you got love for us, you want to see us progress in life, you want to see us do better, just go on there and pop on there and leave a little review. I really love the premiere of Roseanne. It was great. Ten stars. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but if you watched it and you want to just let the world know, cool. But just leave that with the five stars and move on with your day. Could take, you know, two seconds out of your day, and it will help us out a lot. I'd appreciate that very much. Fran, um, it is your turn to close out the show with your affirmative murder. Um... And I would assume that you did this affirmative murder, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so if you don't mind. Um, what do you mean me? I mean like, you talking about my guy JTA? Oh, I'm sorry? JTA. JTA. Yeah. Is that, that's Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, that is what I meant. <laughs> um, I didn't know that, that he, that's what, is. he's got an acronym now. <clears throat> yeah, it's a nickname. Um, yeah, that is what I meant. I was okay. asking if you. I did this. Yeah, I gave him the week off. He's in uh, Miami um, for the week with his family, so, you know. Oh, he has a family? Yeah. Shout out to JTA. Um, my affirmative murder this week All right. is Patrick Wayne Kearney. Okay. You have you heard no, of him? I have not. Okay. Patrick Wayne Kearney is an American serial killer who, who preyed on young men in California during the 1970s. Mm. He is sometimes referred to as the freeway killer, a nickname okay. he shares with two other separate serial killers. 
Do you know who those are? Should I name them or no? You can. I remember that there this there was like three, four ser- freeway killers all yeah. operating at the same time yeah, in California. This, these He's two one of those. are William Bonin uh-huh. and Randy Stephen Kraft. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so Kearney was the oldest of three sons. Excuse me, and was raised as raised in a reasonably reasonably st- stable family. And his early life was not without some trauma. However, as thin and sickly chi- as thin and sickly, he was often target for bullies at school. So yeah, that um that, that's one of the reasons why I, I chose my um good vibe story because my dad was bullied. Was bullied also. So are you on this guy's side? Who? This serial killer. No, I'm just saying that my thing was bullying. It was just okay, it's just cool. different. Though. Oh, okay, you know I was just making yeah. sure. I didn't yeah. know if you oh, no. were like, no, no. Um, poor this guy. Yeah, uh, was talking to bullies at, in school. In his teens, he became with, withdrawn and fantasized about killing people. Oh, wow. Born in East East Los Angeles, Kearney lived, also lived in Texas. He moved back to California after a brief marriage ended in divorce and eventually worked as an engineer for Hughes Aircraft. Oh, so he's smart. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I guess. Um, it was off. It was from his experiences in his early years in California that Kearney cultivated his skills as a gay pickup artist. Oh, okay. Kearney Kearney mostly sought out partners in San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico, where he used his fluent fluency in Spanish and keen interest in Latin American culture mm. as a basis to connect with potential partners. Kearney Kearney claimed to have killed his first victim, a hitchhiker, he picked up and murdered in Orange. California around 1962. He claimed several more victims, mostly transients, before moving to Redondo Beach and near Los Angeles in 1967 with a younger man named David Hill who became his lover. Mm. So he was married. He was married, but then, then he got divorced. Yes. and then uh, Married to a woman? I, I would assume. Well, it was the 70s, yeah, of course. So it it was, there was no marriage. Yeah. Uh, there was no gay marriage. Um, This is, right now, sounding kind of domerish. You know that's that was Jeffrey Dahmer's mo. He would pick up men, yeah, like uh, he like he was gonna have sex with them mm-hmm. and then do fucking crazy shit to, yeah. to them. We all know about that guy. Yeah. Um. So as time passed, Hill and Kearney began to argue argue more often. Mm-hmm. Kearney would go out for long solitary drives in his Volkswagen Beagle or his truck. Guy got two cars, so that's already a, you know. Uh, a big sign. Yeah. Of of what? Of oh, I like mean, he handles he his business cars. in yeah. this truck. Yeah. A truck. A truck and a beetle. Oh, a beetle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, as he, it would be harder for him to catch because he has two different cars. You know, some some circles have more than one car, like so a, they use they just switch them. Yeah. So you can't be like can't, it was this car. You can't pinpoint right. Yeah. He would then pick Keep up young, that car in the garage. Right. Under yeah. a tarp. Yeah. He would then pick up young male hitchhikers or young men from gay bars and murder them. Mm-hmm. Kearney was primarily a ne- a primarily a necrophile and oh. was generally consistent in the manner in which he murdered his victims and disposed of their remains. Mm. Standing only five five. What? <laughs> <laughs> so he was a twink. Yes, a little thin. Standing little, only five okay. five, being a slight being of slight build and typically pref- typically typically preferring victims. Of greater statue stature than his, so oh, he, he like he like bears, he like yeah, he like a nice bear. So I Kearney, know terms. So Kearney <laughs> was um, forced to resort to a system of stabbing his victims that was unlikely to fail or create situations which could place him in physical danger or cause unwanted exposure to authorities. Kearney was not known to resort to was it sadism, mm-hmm. 
or inflict pain on his victims as of the other freeway killers did. Until um, after they were dead. Yeah. Preferring quickness and efficiency. While Kearney did later confess to having experimented with his victims' bodies out of curiosity, such as cutting open one of their stomachs, mm. he did so post-mortem and yeah. did not inflict any physical suffering. So he liked to get the killing part out of the way because his, his fun came at the end. Yeah. You know the craziest part about how they find out about that post postmortem and you know I don't know pre-mortem whatever mm-hmm. it is like before death and after death like mm-hmm. rape or any kind of sexual assault is because your body doesn't the blood doesn't like it doesn't clot once you die mm-hmm. so if you punch a dead body it'll just bruise right like it, it in the it'll it oh, lo- shit, it'll really? be different than if you got punched while you're alive it'll, it'll start to heal and clot and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. if you punch a dead body it'll just the bruise it'll it won't do anything it'll it just, just be bruise. like yeah, so I would assume the same is for any kind of penetration or anything like that. It just, it is, it, the bruises don't do any kind of healing. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Shout hmm. out to CSI. Um, okay, so Kearney confessed to having committed his first murder in the spring of 1962. The victim's name is unknown, but he was confirmed to be age 19 and white. Hmm. Kearney had convinced the male to take a ride on his motorcycle with him to a secluded area outside of Indio, California. When they arrived, Kearney shot the man in the head and sexually assaulted the body. Damn. It is unknown of the it is unknown if the body was ever found, but Kearney did indeed confess to committing this murder and two additional ones during the year of 1962. The second victim was the younger cousin of Kearney's first victim. Damn. And who had witnessed Kearney drive away with the first victim. So he came back around. I don't know if he knew. He must have knew. That he saw him? Yeah. Yeah. Because if he didn't, that shit is crazy. Or maybe he just thought he was cute too. Maybe. Now, do you think, I mean, you either know know or you don't know. If you don't know, we can speculate together. Do you know if this was like, he's gay, but he hated that he was gay? Or he's just pretending to be gay because he wanted to kill men? Well. Like, it's that thing of like, when when that cum haze comes off you and then you're like, I just fucked a man, yeah. well, and then you killed him. But oh no, because he wouldn't fuck him until after he killed him. No, but I'm gonna get to why at the end. I'll okay, hold that until later on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the f- did I just read that part? Wait, you said he came back. Okay, because cousin. This part because the next the next one it started the same way. Oh, okay. Um, the first murder that Kearney confessed um and was convicted of was in 1960. Seven while living in Culver City, California, mm-hmm. expro- approximately one year after moving in with David Hill. With mm-hmm. David Hill, the murder took place in Tijuana, Mexico, where Hill and Kearney were visiting a close friend of Hill. Identification of the victim was impossible as Kearney only knew him as George. Kearney shot him between the eyes with a pistol mm. as he slept in the master as he slept in the master bedroom of his Tijuana, Mexico home. After killing George, Kearney took the body into his bed into his bathroom where he first sodomized the body as it lay in the bathtub mm. and afterward proceeded to dismember the skin oh, with an ex with, with an ex acto knife. So oh. that's a little ass knife. Yeah, Sierra has a bunch of ex acto yeah. knives around the house. It's, it's like an art knife. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for cutting circles. And it's it's off super papers. sharp, but it's just yeah. small as yeah. shit. It's like a it's it's like a scalpel. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Cut the skin off? Yep. Um afterward Wait, so where's um Hill. I don't, I don't know. It didn't say. He just like. I don't think they know. stayed. Th- it didn't say they stayed there, did it? Okay. He like. He Maybe he came went back. back. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Afterward, Kearney decided to extract the bullet from the victim's head to ensure that it would not be traced oh. to his gun. He. This dude was serious. 
Jeez. That's like, that's like some Hannibal Lecter shit. Yeah. This dude was serious. Like, oh, oh, this ain't gonna happen. But like, what is like he surgically went in there? I, like, had to be. Oh man, that's crazy. And it all depend on how close he was when he shot him and how far the bullet went. Yeah, it might have been shit. deep in there. Jesus, man. Um, what did he yeah. do with the skin? He just wanted to cut it. They didn't say like he didn't like make a, suits out of it or anything, right? No. Oh, he just wanted to um, cut it off. Yeah. So then he buried George's dismembered body behind his garage. Kearney did not kill for over a year following this murder, primarily out of fear that law enforcement would inquire about George's disappearance. Wait, now George isn't... This was a friend of Hill's. And what's Hill's first name? David Hill. David Hill. Okay, cool, cool. cool. As time passed, Kearney greatly refined his M.O., which inevitably... What? Inevitably. No, it's not that. No? Enabled. 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 There you go. Okay, okay. Him to carry out his crimes. There you go. Thank you. Um... To carry out his crimes more efficiently and frequently. Starting in 1974, Kearney is estimated to have committed murders on an almost monthly basis. After picking up his victims along the freeway or at a or at gay bars in his Volkswagen or in his truck, Kearney would I gotta sneeze in hard. Okay. Kearney would typically shoot his victims in in the temple above the ear without warning with oh. a Deranger 22 pistol. So a Deranger 22 pistol is. This little ass gun, you can it fit upon in the palm of your hand. Little ass gun for a little ass man. It'll fit in the palm of your hand. This shit is small as shit. And it probably looks like it's pow- powerful hand. as fuck. Probably looks like a three fifty seven in his hand. I <laughs> bet he had little hands. <laughs> Maybe, but um, yeah, <laughs> you <that> like. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to these guys is really like really terrible. Like I feel really bad for them, mm-hmm. but I just have this little like five five isn't like dwarf size, but I'm picturing him with like. Hey, what's up, stud? Like it's super, <laughs> like a little munchkin voice, and then he, and then he pulls out this gun that is this like, little ass gun. You can put it, you can put that gun in your pocket, <laughs> but he can't though because he's so small. Got to put it in his back pocket. His waistband, oh, out his of waistband. his waist, like it's like, yeah, <laughs> like real heavy for him. You gotta get on the stool to get up to their temple. I didn't think, I didn't even think about that's why maybe he had that gun because he's a small, yeah, because he's so small. Oh god! Yeah, so he had a Deranger twenty-two pistol in his right hand while stirring, while stirring his car with the left hand, and simultaneously monitoring the speed limit to minimize the pre- predictability of the altercation and to avoid any unusual behavior to potentially to potential witnesses. After murdering his victims, Kearney would leave the bodies slumped right in the passenger seat and drive to a secluded area to sexually violate them. So he would blow their brains out while he's driving the car. He would blow their brains out while he's driving the car, and then. Strap a seatbelt onto, or keep the seatbelt on, and just like maybe lean a seat back like so they can asleep. just yeah, so they can just so when they drive past people, it's it looks normal. It looks normal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, after copulating with his victims and corpses, Corn- Corny would usually mutilate and dismember the remains with a with a hacksaw before disposing them in various locations such as the canyons and landfills and along the freeways, Jeez. usually industrial trash bags um, in some cases. Carney disposed of the bodies in the desert where the remains could be consumed by... Coyotes and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, consumed by eating animals. Carney mm. will sometimes drain the victim's blood to eliminate odor and will also sometimes bathe the body, body parts prior to disposing to minimize the presence of dry oh. blood and eliminate fingerprints evidence. This guy, this dude guy is, is, is a, serious. Yeah, he's yeah. a professional serial this serious. This he is probably, some Dexter I shit. I think he had like a checklist. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very OCD. Yeah. This, this. Drain the blood. 
He was clean. He must have been he like a, he must butter. he must have like some background in butchering or something like that. Something. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, he perceived beating he perceived beating his dead victims as a cathartic exercise, and it means by which he could effectively vent su- surpass anger and anon an animosity and acquire a sense of power. The bullying. Yep. Often the victims resemble people he had bullied had bullied him in, high, in, in yep. his childhood. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the answer to the question you asked earlier. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But wait, but he's still so okay. So I'm now I'm thinking he just used sex as a way of like domination and humiliation of these guys. But they were gay. I'm trying to figure out like. If you if you were like you doing this because you were bullied, right? Mm-hmm. And beating the bodies and all the kind of stuff, why are you also raping the bodies though? Maybe he is also gay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's 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 gay and also the bullying gave him such little self self-worth that he thinks this is the only way that he can have sex with men Maybe. because they won't find him attractive because every five man five. And, and well, I mean, you know, I, I look have you ever seen Queer Eye? Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye. There's a guy on there named Tan. He is adorable. He looks like a little Bijan Frise. He's got a little high hair. He's tan. He looks like he's about five five. But what I'm saying is, every man in his life has, you know, attacked him and called him ugly and yeah. made fun of his looks. So maybe now he has no kind of. He doesn't think he could even go approach a man except to kill them, and then he can have sex with them. Well, also he probably got bullied because he was five five. Yeah, probably. That's my liquor store diagnosis yeah. of the of of of. Because uh, I'm I'm guessing he's a grown man at this point. He's five five. Oh so yeah, definitely. He was even smaller in fucking. Oh yeah, and scrawny. So, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, Kearney, although Kearney um preyed on young men, there were known child, child and adolescent victims as well. Oh. Kearney's youngest victim was Ronald Dean Smith, age five, who oh, disappeared yeah. in Lenox, California, on August twenty fourth, nineteen seventy four. This guy's just psycho. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no reason to this. Yeah. His body was discovered in Riverside County on October twelfth, nineteen seventy four. Merle Hondo Chance, I guess Hondo was like the nickname. Uh huh. Um, was eight, of Venice, California, vanished on April sixth, nineteen seventy seven, while supposedly riding his bicycle in the vicinity of Kearney's workplace. Kearney claims to have smothered the boy, taken his body home overnight, and later disposed of the remains in in the uh, Angels National Forest, mm. um, approximately 11 miles north of Altanda, California. Sure. Yeah. Chances, uh, Chances decomposed remains were discovered on May 26, 1977. Merle Chance was Kearney's last known victim. On June 16, 1976, Kearney killed Michael Craig McGee, th- who was 13, in Redondo Beach. Records records confirm that McGee had lengthy history of a juvenile, juvenile delinquency. Kearney claimed to have picked up McGee, who was hitchhiking from Inglewood Avenue to Lenox. According to the police, Kearney had befriended the boy and invited him to attend a camping trip um, in, in Lake Elsinore. Mm. Over the course of the weekend, Kearney claimed to have perceived McGee as a potential threat and shot him without warning after McGee openly openly boosted of his criminal exploits and inquired about the presence of location of burglar alarms in Kearney's home. Wait. Sure, that's what happened. He's saying that this kid was bragging that he knew how to break into Kearney's house? Yeah. So he felt and threatened. And also told him about his 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 uh his history of his Oh, like juvenile. he knew about it? Yeah. 
his juvenile activities. So he, so he, so he, he felt threatened. He felt threatened, and he just killed him. That sounds like the dumbest thing. Yeah, I've ever that's heard. that's a yeah, sure, that's true. Later, when interviewed by Detectives Kearney, implied that he had destroyed the remains, stating, "Quote: I disposed of the body. You ain't gonna find him." Wow. The victim who ultimately led to Kearney's arrest was a young man named John LeMay, 17, who who he killed on Sunday, March 13th, 1977, approximately 5.30 p.m. on the same day LeMay had told a neighbor he, excuse me, he was going to Redondo Beach to meet a man named Dave. Okay. Remember who Dave is? You're Dave Hill. Yep. So he's an accomplice. I'll get to that. Whom he had met at a local gym. This was, in fact, David Hill. Hill had given... Hill had given given Lee May the address to Kearney's home. Hill was absent when Lee May arrived, so Kearney invited Lee May in to watch television until Hill returned. Without provocation, Kearney impulsively reached for his twenty two Deranger yeah. and shot Lee May in the back of the head. Kearney later dismembered the corpse and dumped the remains in the desert. While his killing spree was, in, was, in, was at its zenith, Kearney's odd tendencies went largely undetected. A local grocery store owner named Jerry Stevens did, however, note that Kearney had an unusual interest in knives and frequently purchased butcher knives after examining them and inquiring about the quality of the steel. Shit. Just in a, <laughs> a grocery store asking way too many questions right. about the knives. You know, he not in like a fucking uh, a, a bass, a fishing store no, or something. He's just in a giant. <laughs> Like, so this, this butcher's knife, does it cut through flesh well? Mm. And then the guy who's stocking the groceries is, is like... Is it easy to clean or does it dent or anything? I, I don't know. Um, I can go ask the butcher for you. Okay, cool. Can you ask him how it does on bone as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. That's so I work in the um, the meat the meat section, so yeah. I wouldn't... I don't know. <laughs> uh, Stevens also described Kearney as a loner with an, with an airy sense of quiet about him. Kearney's supervisor at Hughes Aircraft referred to him as a model worker. Um, so Lee May's remains was found on March 18th, 1977. This was the guy they said, he said, you ain't gonna find this guy, right? That was, no. That, oh. Lee May is the guy that David Hill was supposed to meet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Police had actually been to Kearney's home for the Lee May, Lee May investigation prior to the eight-year-old Merle Hondo Chance kidnapping and murder. The police soon discovered that Lee May had been seen in the company of Kearney and Hill. The two fled to El Paso, El Paso, Texas, and Kearney res- resigned from his job. The fugitive's families persuaded the pair to turn themselves in. Hill, 36, 36, 36 years old at the time, was eventually cleared of any involvement in his partner's crimes and was released. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, me either. Um, Kearney, on the other hand, made a full confession of his crimes, initially admitting to the total of 28 murders Jeez. and subsequently to seven more. In order to avoid a death penalty, he agreed to plead guilty. Kearney was charged with 21 counts of murder, and and as agreed, he pleaded to the guilty and was given 21 life sentences. Mm. Police are certain that Kearney was responsible for the other seven murders he had admitted to, but they lacked the physical evidence to charge him. Kearney is incarcerated in California State Prison, Malt Creek, as as of October 2014. So that was um, Patrick Patrick Wayne Kearney. So 35 total victims. Yeah, twenty eight plus seven later on. Yep, but the other ones they can't they can't charge. But they didn't for charge him for him. Nope. Wow, which is crazy. That is um. And Patrick Kearney is a white guy. Yep, it's a white guy. Okay, cool. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Wow. So yeah, victims between twenty one and forty three. Let me tell you something, man. Look, we, I mean, at, at this podcast, we are here 
to kind of you know alleviate some of the pressure from 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 white guys. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hey, can't. when they when they do it, they they yeah. do it. You yeah. know, this guy was an uh, expert. Yeah, I mean, look. I think about t- at like ten bodies in, you pretty much got it after that. Yeah, if but you haven't then, been but, caught yet. But then when you think about like if you go back and listen to to watch the Grim Sleeper documentary, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like pure volume, I don't think we've done a minority serial killer that the records they have records and it's not from a hundred years ago mm-hmm. to to you know corroborate that this guy was putting in work mm-hmm. and no black serial killers that we've done are like Hannibal Lecter level it's just the the environment that they live in is so ignored right that they're able to kind of do whatever they, they want this guy is he's doing this in suburb in the suburbs of California yeah. And he just, was like he's a, doing it so well. He was like a perfectionist. It was just, it was clean. Yeah. It was, like he said, it was efficient and frequent. I guess that's what he said. Yeah. The Grim Sleeper wasn't efficient. He was fucking putting screwdrivers in women's vaginas and, you know, all right. No, I'll give this. He was whatnot. putting them in the landfill is our theory that we believe that is what he was doing, that mm-hmm. there are bodies out in that landfill that he mm-hmm. worked at. But other than that, he was dumping these women in alleys and all types yeah. of shit. I this mean, guy was, he was cleaning them. He was draining them. He would cut them he up. He was bagging them up. I didn't even know blood is what made bodies smell bad. I didn't know that it contributed to it. No. So, you know? And he was he was scattering them. Yeah. Parts. And so, crazy. hey, man, look, white guys, we are here t- to try to help you guys out. But I mean, like, them you guys, this you're the you're the champs of this shit. I this mean, this guy took the bullet he shot in the dude's on, head Come on. out, so he wouldn't get caught. Come on, that's crazy. That's that is crazy. <laughs> that is like that is something from a movie. Yeah, where if you saw that in a movie, you'd be like, "Why is he digging around in that guy's skull? Oh, what he took the bullet out? Nobody would think to do that. You'd be like, nobody would think to do that. To be clear, if I was a serial killer, to be clear, uh huh, um. That's one thing I probably wouldn't do. Is take the bullet out? I'll be like, fuck this. I'll just keep the head or something. Well, yeah, to be clear, on my end as well, I've never committed a serial killing. Yeah. But if I was to commit a serial killer, guns wouldn't even be what I use. If it was me, I would have been inspired by the movie No Country for Old Men. That's I would have. You put me on that movie. I love that movie. Yes, yes. I would have been. If, if it was me, if I was to kill people, which I, we would never do. We, right. po- we podcast for a living. I, well, not for a living, but we do on the side, mm-hmm. but we do it in a dope way. Right. If I was to be a serial killer, I would be inspired by the movie No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. I would go on Amazon.com. I would type in a uh, cow killing thingy. It would come up. I would buy a pressurized nail shooter for about three seventy five. Mm-hmm. It would come two day shipping because mm-hmm. I have Amazon Prime. Same. And I would then use that because with that machine, the the nail comes out, yep. kills, comes back in. There is no. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the nail doesn't go in; it comes back out, and it's very fluid. I mean, when it goes through a skull, it's like boom. Yeah, and it comes right he was back using, out. He was using that thing to bust open doors. Yeah, he was. Not me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in the movie. In the movie, it looked like it went through yeah. skulls pretty, pretty like butter. Right. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you put it up to the skull, and it's not even really in a kickback. Mm. In the in the like in the movie, in the movie I mean, like yeah. in the movie, uh-huh. it looked like there was no kickback. And also on Amazon. If I was to to be clear, mm-hmm. if it was me, I would order the more compact version because he had a big yeah. uh, gas, like tank. A gas tank. They have smaller ones okay. that you can you can clip to your belt. Whoa! All so right. you clip that to your belt. If it was me, hypothetically, you clip it to the belt and then you, and then it's no mess because it goes right in, comes out, 
and then you get in your car, none the wiser. Right. And because you drive a Chevy Cobalt, everybody drives Chevy Cobalt, so it's completely a conspicuous car. Nobody can pick that car out of a, out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. It's just a nondescript car. Right. But, you know, this is just a hypothetical yeah. situation is what I'm saying. Well, to be clear, from, on my end, uh-huh. what I would do, I would use a gun. Oh. Um, I don't know. I'm not familiar with guns, but I uh, uh-huh. use a pistol, I guess. Yeah. To be clear, I would um, find an underground site, get me a, a potato on it. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Silencer. Uh, oh. Make it make it quiet. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The potato, yeah. because then there's no, there's no serial number on a potato. Yeah. So they can't find that. Silencer weapon. Nope. You could just take a potato, a pew, pew. You throw it. That's it. You could even cook it and, and, and eat it, and then dispose of the evidence entirely. Yep. If you're really feeling mm-hmm. like you want to really, you know, be on some diabolical shit, you yeah. can ingest the evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a move to do. But to be clear, we're podcasters. Yeah, clear. yeah, we don't we don't do things like that. But those are just some of the ways that we would if if it was us. And that proves for me that. I- I wouldn't know what else to do after I shot a person because I wouldn't. Yeah, take a bullet out. What I'm a keep the body. I'm not dragging that thing along. Yeah, so you know, no, to heavy, be clear, you know how heavy a dead body is. Yeah, to be clear, I don't know either, but right. I would assume it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a good story. I enjoyed that very much. Um. But it it this this story made the case that I mean, look, as hard as we work on this podcast, white guys are just the goats of this shit. Yeah. I mean, it, I just had to do that story because it's like this dude was. Evil. He was, he was clean. And he was an evil genius. Right. Really. Exactly. You know, it was. Uh, uh, there's no other way to describe what he did. Right. If you're going to do what these people do that we talk about on this podcast, this guy puts in the hours in the gym that that just nobody else does. I mean, he has worked on his craft and worked on it and worked yeah. on it, and and he is up there with the, he's on the Mount Rushmore of serial killers as far as I'm concerned. I've never heard of this guy, but some of these techniques, he definitely watched film. Right. You know, he definitely isn't coming out there. He's a student of the game. And he was so clean that some of the ones that he confessed that they didn't even know. Exactly. Some of them, they <laughs> couldn't even he said, "Look, I killed 7 of them. They can, but you'll never find them." Right. But I did do it. But if you so if you ever find them, you can you can give me the credit for those. They'll never find them. <laughs> he confidently told one of the guys like, "Yo, you ain't going to find." You ain't going to find that. That's, that's how, insane. That's confidence. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this guy learned from the greats. You know, he went back. He studied the Jack the Rippers. He studied the H.H. Holmeses. You know, like, he 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 learned the tools of the trade. He put him. He's, got, he's like LeBron. He goes in that bag. He gets in that toolbox, yeah. pulls out everything he needs. You know, he's got every kind of weapon arsenal in the bag. Right. He knows where to get the tools. He knows where to get the weapons from. Yep. He knows where to put, to put the bodies. He knows that blood smells. I didn't know that. Didn't know that Drains the blood from the yep. body. I mean, this guy's a real student of the game. So, you know, white guys, we're here to alleviate the pressure from you guys. <laughs> but we but can't. when you hear these stories like it's this, crazy. it's like shit. I mean, they. I mean, they run the numbers up on this type of shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there might be. What has happened is um, the serial killer statistics have been, I think, skewed. Are my personal opinions because now black people make up. I think they. Or like on the like FBI uh, serial killer charts, mm-hmm. black people make up a bigger percentage of serial killers in the country than white people. But I think they include gang shootings in that now. Oh, see, you can't. Do it's that. not fair. It's, it's cheating. You, you know, I mean, obviously gang shootings are bad, and people, but it's not. That's not a serial killer. Right. You know what not. I mean? That, that's gang it's violence. It's just you pull up spraying. Yeah. Six people. That's then not. That's four yeah. of the people are just yeah. random unknown people yeah you won't hear those kind of stories being there's no psychology in that you know that's turf wars and all this kind of stuff but they have used those kind of numbers to kind of skew it but when you get but when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it when it's like uh they ate somebody or they cut the skin off and put it on the thing now 
we've we've come across a couple. The Grim Sleeper was one of these kind of guys. And the dude, the guy who did, you with the multiple used... personalities. Oh, my dude, um, Marty. Yeah, AKA Marty. I don't oh remember God. his first name. That dude. So that's we've, that's we've my come, favorite story. We've come across some sickos for sure that yeah. are of the ethnic diversity. But when it comes to really running the numbers up, consistently hearing stories where the, these kind of horrible things are involved, white guys, yeah, they're like the Tiger you, Woods of the shit. They're doing man. this, and then you got people out there making uh, people sandwiches and selling meat. And oh, that yeah. Guy that we did yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, hey, you guys are just. Uh, we're trying. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing the best we can. And we'll be here for you to continue to, you know, to let people know to always be on the lookout and, and don't judge a book by its cover. But I'm just saying. If you don't judge a book by its cover and by chance, just to, you know, probability wise, somebody out there in the world is going to come across a serial killer one day. If it's a white guy, you're probably going to be in, he's probably going to do some fucked up shit to you. I mean, the odds are stronger that it's going to be some fucked up shit happening to you than just a bullet in your head or yeah. he's going to rob you. Mm-hmm. You might be in a basement for a couple weeks. It's just the probability in the, in, 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 in the history, it just dictates that. Yeah. Oh, also, I don't want this to go for too long, but. I noticed now, I've seen another story where uh, some kids were found in, um, I think it was a basement. I can't remember. I seen it like a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. After that, after you talked about that one family that... Yeah, the kids in the basement, they kept yeah, their kids in it the was basement? A, it was like two more after that that came across that, that after, I think, I can't remember what it was, but it was another story where a girl got out and it was she was like, oh... My parents is keeping us hostage. I was like, is people like really doing this shit? Yeah. Like that shit is insane. That's the same as the story in California. That one of the kids got out. One of them, one of them might be the same story you're talking about. One of the kids got out. And but I'm talking about the one with the 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 thing one, not that yeah, one. Yeah, That's yeah. the one you talked about. Yeah, there was uh-huh. another one that happened. I can't. Oh, I don't shit. know the full details of it. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't. People, there's a there's a there's a documentary. Um, I think it's called Wolfpack, and it's about these kids who were like. They were lived in this apartment. I've never seen the documentary. I haven't gotten a chance to, but it's like they all, they never left their apartment from the time they were kids, but it's only like six of them. And I don't know if they were being forced to stay there by their parents, but they were like shut-ins and they would make home movies together and all this kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure it's called Wolfpack. So you guys, mm. you guys check that out. Frank, you should check that out. Maybe I'll watch it. But before we go, um, it is almost that time again for another Serial and Serial. Um, so um, I'm going to do another poll on Twitter and okay. I wanted to see, I wanted to, to put it out there for anybody out there who has any suggestions that we might add to the Twitter poll, or if you have a suggestion, friend, that mm-hmm. you might want me to throw on there, there's a movie you've been wanting to watch that okay. I could throw on the Twitter poll and just kind of see what the people want to watch. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's Twitter at Affirmative Mer One. And, you know, send us any of your suggestions for movies or documentaries that you might want to watch. I think I'm going to put Snowman on there. That's one I want to watch. It was a movie that came out last year. It was like a serial killer movie, and it looked cool, but I heard bad things about it. But I, I want to give it a chance. So I think one of those is going to be Snowman. Okay. Did, did, do you have? I don't know no, anything. I, don't, yeah, I what, haven't, I haven't um, made a list or anything. Not not one or just no. one. Okay, cool. Well, not off the top of my head anyway. No. Okay, yeah, cool. So just you know, when you find one, let me know. And then for all you guys out there listening, if you guys have any suggestions that you guys might have for us to add to the Twitter poll, and then you guys can vote on which one you want to watch while we do Serial and Serial, mm-hmm. which will be maybe in like a week or so. Okay, cool. that's cool. Yeah, maybe we do that in like a week or so. We'll do Serial and Serial for this month. Um, I saw somebody put up a picture of a cereal that involved unicorns. I saw that. Yeah. Um, if I go to the grocery store and I see that, that is a strong possibility that that is the cereal I will pick. So shout out to you for bringing that to our attention. Um, but as far as anything else, I'm I'm pretty good. You know, 
I don't really have anything else to say. Mm. I think we already mentioned, you know, of course, go on there and, and, and leave us some ratings and some reviews on iTunes if you haven't done so. Um, shout out to, what was it? J- JTA? JTA? JTA. Yeah, shout who, out to him. He's chilling in the Miami right as, now. As, 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 as you could have said he was chilling in Mongolia or I wherever. Got a, I actually got to call him after we finish this mm-hmm. up because yeah. he's talking about um, I, this is what I have to deal with, folks. Um, but you guys encouraged this, and now he's he has an imaginary personal assistant who also gets vacation time. So now he he not only does he have a, an assistant, but he's such a good boss. Yep. That he is it paid vacation? Yes, sir. Of course it is. So yeah. So you not only do you have an assistant, but you're such a good boss that he gets paid vacations too. Yes. Cool. Um, this has been another episode of Affirm- <laughs> this has been another episode of affirmative. <laughs> I hate Jim. Uh, this has been another. Uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Kingsis. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.